Hello and welcome everyone to our 79th session of Hallo Casa. My name is Michael and today I'm talking to James Swift from London in the UK. James is originally from the US, grew up in Seattle and studied in Perugia, Italy, attended the University of Washington, lived as a Peace Corps in Kyrgyzstan and re received his MBA in Nice, France. In London, he founded his company with his partner after raising significant capital and they are now operating high-end service apartments in the heart of the city, focusing on serving the corporate temporary accommodation market. Together, they grew Auburn Stay from zero to 3.6 million in turnover within the first three years. And they also won Best Operator 51 to 200 Apartments by Service Apartment News twice in just six years. James, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Uh, thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, yeah, as, as Michael said, I've been operating uh, Urban Stay for the past six and a half years in London with my, my wife, Jenny. We started it together and uh, just been uh, slogging it through ever since. A little bit difficult now, obviously, but um, will, as ever, we're hopeful for the future. We will come to that later and talk about the, the crazy uh, times of COVID-19 right now. Um, walk us first of all a little bit through your journey to uh, how did everything start with uh, Urban Stay? Um, and uh, yeah, how did you also come up with the idea? Okay, so uh, I moved to London uh, about 11 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, found it a bit difficult to find a job, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, got a job as a bartender in, the bar manager rather, in the Terrace Bar of Harrods. Mm -hmm. And it was there that uh, through a friend of mine, I met my, my future boss mm -hmm. um, who opened up a service department company in Canary Wharf at that time. This was about 2009 mm -hmm. uh, or so. Uh, he needed someone to go out and uh, do sales, meet the clients, things like this. Mm -hmm. I'd never done anything like that before, but I wanted to get the hell out of bar work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I met him. He explained to me the concept of service departments. It was the first time I'd ever heard uh, of this sort of accommodation before. Mm -hmm. But the job role was just going out and meeting people and building relationships, which I thought I could do. Mm -hmm. I did uh, for about five five and a half years mm -hmm. in that company. I realized at some point I'd kind of plateaued, though. I was the head of business development. I knew the industry. I, I had great clients, fantastic contacts. Um, but I felt it was perhaps time for a change. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, all in one fell swoop, I broke up with my girlfriend at the time, quit mm -hmm. my job, and sold my flat Okay. Um, that I'd managed to buy, uh, basically through commissions and things like that I'd earned. Yeah. Um, I did that specifically so that I could go back to school and actually get a, uh, a degree in business. So uh -huh. that's why I went back to school and got my MBA, because uh, at the University of Washington, my degree was uh, a double major in drama and political science, which okay. yeah, so somewhat useless in the real world. <laughs> um, I, I planned it in such a way, though, that uh, when school started in October, I would have about six months off from when I left my job to when school started. Got it. And I decided to backpack through Southeast Asia for those six months. Uh -huh. um, it was there that in Laos, in uh, Vang Viang, tubing down the Mekong Delta, uh, I met Jenny. <laughs> um, we were just friends, stayed in touch. And uh, when I moved to Nice to, to start my MBA, that was also at the time that I, uh, I turned 30. So I invited her and a bunch of other people She came down for a long weekend and uh, haven't been able to get rid of her since. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, and then you moved to together to to London to to Yeah, so so we did a, a long distance relationship. I was living in Nice, she was still living in uh, her hometown Trier in Germany. Yeah. Uh she was working uh for Amazon in Luxembourg. Uh-huh. And we were seeing each other like every other week towards the end of my MBA. We knew that we wanted to be together. Um couldn't find a job to save either of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember who brought it up, probably me. Um, just mentioning what I used to do before, thought we could maybe have a go of it. Um, mm-hmm. Went to friends and family, raised you know a bit of money, and we decided to just pack up sticks and move. We, we, were, lo- we were in a long distance relationship for uh, about six, eight months. Mm-hmm. And from that, we decided to not only move in together in a new city, I mean, for us together, but also start a company together. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a very interesting time. I, um, I, I, but, I, can, I, can totally, I can totally imagine. And then you moved to London. So tell us a little bit about London itself. Like, uh, you know, I mean, you have like, uh, you, you, you were like, okay, it's not challenging enough to just start a company itself i also want to do it in a place which i actually hardly know and uh, which is also new to like both of us so give us an, a thought how that was when you moved there yeah i mean i i had lived in london for for five and a half years or so mm-hmm. beforehand um and jenny had only visited once for a few days mm-hmm. so that was that was her experience but she loved the city as well mm-hmm. um i think when we decided to do what we wanted to do a lot of the reason behind it was For the past five or so years, I had built up a very solid network of clients, contacts, estate agents, you know, people like this that I was still in touch with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we decided to come here, it was it was a very natural fit. I knew the city very well. I I knew the layout. I I knew the I knew the game, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I knew the right players. So when we started, um, we had. We got two apartments uh, it, in a development right at Liverpool Street Station, which is very, very central, zone one, kind of in the city. Mm-hmm. So financial institutions, things like this are all around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately picked up the phone and just got in touch with my old contacts in the business travel sector. Mm-hmm. And with a couple of weeks, not hard to do with two apartments, but we were fully booked. Got it. So, uh, yeah, we, we took those two apartments and we went from there. We got another one in that building, another one in the building around the corner, um, and then another one. And I, I can't remember how, how it worked out. But then after about a year and a half, uh, we got our first block of flats, mm-hmm. um, our artillery lane, which was actually right behind where our office is now as well. Um, let me back up a little bit before we go into... Um the the uh, flats and also the locations um for a lot of people who are listening i have not been to to london um mm-hmm. can you guide us through and give us maybe a quick overview of some of the neighborhoods and also especially the neighborhoods you active in yeah absolutely i mean if i wanted to go through all the neighborhoods we <laughs> we do not have time for that um the, the really cool thing about london is that it's a city of different boroughs mm-hmm. so you've got basically totally unique areas that have their own vibe. They have their own feel. Uh, they have their own nightlife. They have a totally different thing going on. Mm-hmm. If you're in East London versus West London, if you're in North London versus South London, it's, it's totally different. And then even within those general areas, you have 
different, uh, like I said, boroughs and, and areas like Hackney in East London versus Shoreditch in East London are, you know, two very different places. In mm -hmm. West London, you've got Fulham and Chelsea, or you can even go so far as Richmond. I mean, they're totally different. Mm -hmm. um, North London is well known for Camden, Angel. These are great places to go out, um, but also, you know, restaurants and, and art. It's huge. It's huge. Mm -hmm. um, South London is a little bit quieter, uh, has more of a villagey feel. Um, it's it's and it's again, it's got its own thing going on. Where I live, for instance, is uh, well at Deptford Bridge, but it's equidistant from New Cross, which is kind of a student area, mm -hmm. Greenwich, which is uh, like Maritime Greenwich, is old town, beautiful, beautiful uh, area, great restaurants right on the Thames. And then you've also got Blackheath, only about a 15-minute walk away, which is, it's like you're not even in London uh, mm -hmm. anymore. It, it feels like a little village. Wow. But you are. You're in Zone 2 London. Um, so it's a city of just constant change, uh, real fantastic diversity, and uh, just just a lot going on. It, it's a fantastic, fantastic city. Urban Stay is focusing on business travel mainly yes um yes. give us an overview of the locations um your partners can um or allocate it and also um why it's definitely like why those locations are totally um interesting for business travelers okay um so all of our apartments are in zone one we made a concerted effort from uh day one mm -hmm. to keep everything central in in london there's zones going all the way technically out to zone nine Uh, but like Heathrow is in zone six. Zone one is really the center and the heartbeat of the city. Mm -hmm. So this is where you have all the banks. It's also where you have all the theaters. Uh, you have, you know, everything that you would want mm -hmm. is in zone one, Westminster, Piccadilly Circus, uh, places like this. Mm -hmm. It's also where all the major companies are based. Mm -hmm. So you've got your Google, your Facebook, Netflix, um, all the banks pretty much than Canary Wharf are uh, zone one. Mm -hmm. So when we started here, we knew business travelers wanted to stay as central as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we got lucky and, you know, through a lot of hard work, we've managed to secure blocks of flats in very key locations within zone one. So we've got blocks at Liverpool Street Station, which is very financial services, law firm, mm -hmm. law firms, uh, things like this. We've got blocks at Monument, which again is uh, like investment banking. It's with it's walking distance to bank, which is where the Bank of England is. Mm -hmm. uh, then we've got a block in Victoria, which is right around the corner from Buckingham Palace mm -hmm. uh, and Hyde Park. It's like a two minute walk. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a block in Oxford Circus, uh, which is right in the heart of uh, Fitzrovia, Soho area. You get a lot of media companies there. Um, and then we've got a couple blocks in the Notting Hill area, mm -hmm. uh, Portola Road area, which we get a lot of media companies, um, but also a lot of film production. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Ealing Studios, um, and then Pinewood is that direction as well. So, While, yeah. while you guide us through right now, um, the thought which comes up for me is that um, you have to be um, super, super well networked within London because in fact what you're doing is you're a matchmaker you are building inventory on both sides you have a very high inventory on the flat side so you have to have like very good relationships and have to have a very strong network on the agent yeah. side 
but all the, also on the other hand, you have to have like very strong partnerships, but also or relationships with the corporations. Um, yeah. How how did you make it that you like have been so successful on 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 both ends? Well, it, it all comes down to relationships. Mm -hmm. So. Um, when you're dealing in a B2B business environment, it's very, very difficult to break in. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very much a who you know situation. Mm -hmm. But once you are in, um, it's based on relationships, past performance, consistency, reliability, trustworthiness, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to the landlords and developers or estate agents that I've dealt with in order to get properties, uh, it's not just relationship, but it also comes down to, you know, do you pay your bills on time? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the corporate side of things, so the travel managers, global mobility managers, et cetera, uh, it comes down to the quality of the flats, so mm -hmm. how well they're maintained, the location of the apartments themselves, but also the service that you get. Mm -hmm. So people want to know that you are there for their travelers who oftentimes have never been to London mm -hmm. or very often have never even left their own country before coming here. So you have to be sensitive to different cultures, um, different expectations, and in the business climate, of course, always maintaining an air of professionalism and consistency mm -hmm. in your product and your service. Um, you just mentioned a very interesting point concerning, uh, yeah, you just have to build, to pay the bills uh, properly. Um, I assume I, the London real estate market is one of the toughest and, uh, and uh, roughest uh, worldwide It's can you it, yeah, yeah please please go ahead and and tell us a little bit about the real estate market in, in general like who, investors um, people how accessible is it actually to just buy a buy a property is it even accessible maybe even um, financing of of apartments uh, the the money which is being put in um, give us an overview there sure um, well it's difficult uh, I would say well. First of all, my business model is uh, rent, and then we uh, sublet, but it, it's not lets. It's we basically then book out the apartments to business travelers. But mm -hmm. all of our blocks we rent ourselves. Yeah. Um, now, if you were to want to come here and, and invest in a building, there's loads of opportunities, mm -hmm. but there is also a ton of competition. Mm -hmm. um, in years past, at least for the maybe past 10 years, 11 years. After uh, the 2008 financial crisis, it's just been continuously on the up and up. Uh, mm -hmm. New developments are popping up all over the place, um, which is also, you know, putting a lot of pressure on the price, mm -hmm. it, which is going up and up and up. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's pretty dead. But this is really, you know, an, an, ex an, an external factor, COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you um, You just mentioned there's a lot of new uh, developments. Um, is it that they're tearing down the old buildings, or is it is there new sp uh, how, how is new space being being created? Because I know it like I I um, had uh, right now like or lately several interviews from a lot of uh, people from different countries, be it Berlin, be it San Francisco, be it New York City, and it's always like over and over the same topic of like okay, there's no space anymore. You have to build high. Yeah. Or you have to build vertically, horizontally, like there's no space anymore, which then obviously ha has a huge implication on the real estate prices. How is it in yeah. London? So it, it is the same, absolutely. Mm -hmm. In London's a very old city, so there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of older buildings here. Mm -hmm. It's not insurmountable; they, <laughs> they they do tear them down all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but because there is such limited supply, and there's not 
the scope to expand so readily into areas that would be as high in demand as central, um, it, it, it definitely has a knock-on effect on the price. It's, it's just higher and higher all the time. Um, the thing about London, though, that is also very interesting, uh, going back to what I said about diversity, is it's a very well-integrated city. Now, some might take issue with that. I, I'm sure a lot of people might have their own disagreements with that statement. But what I mean by that is uh, they have a lot of lower-income housing, council housing, estates, things like this, mm -hmm. throughout the city, even in very central or otherwise very affluent areas. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a real integration of, of people and worlds, which really gives it a vibrancy that I think you don't get in other cities where... Typically in another city, as new developments come in and new money comes in, the lower income bracket gets pushed out. Mm -hmm. And while that is true to a certain extent in London, it's not entirely the case. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's, there's opportunity for people to live in London that you, know, you don't have to be a, a wealthy banker, for instance. Got it. Okay, that's very good to hear because, uh, for example, I see apparently like London more or less like manages uh, that there is still affordable housing within the city. While, for example, I know that from Berlin that uh, they have the rental cap right now. They just put a limit on it instead of just, you know, creating or increasing the supply on, of flats. They just say, okay, you know, the, the property owners, uh, they're not allowed to, to, um, to charge more than, than, uh, than a, certain, wow. a certain amount. So um, it's interesting that London more or less like manages it. And I think like maybe also the new projects are key to that so that it's like, as you yeah. say, like inclusive and it may, remains like that. Yeah, that's right. So um, most developers, most residential developers that build here, they have to provide a certain amount of that development for affordable housing. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. it, it's, it's a constant uh, effort on, on the city of London to, to make sure that that happens. Um, concerning square meter prices, uh, prices in general, I know it's super hard to average that out. Um, it, it, would, it would be impossible, to okay. be honest. I mean, um, you know, I, I can give you an example. Just uh, I know there's a development right uh, right on the south end of Lambeth Bridge. Mm -hmm. um, one beds start at like 800,000 pounds, you know, for, for purchasing. A one okay. bed would maybe be 50 square meters. Uh -huh. um, If you go east, though, say w right where I live, um, mm -hmm. like Deppard Bridge, south of the river, very nice new build, one bed flat, same quality, 50 square meters. You could get that for probably around 350. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and they would both be of the same quality and both within zone one, zone two, central London. So there's, there's a total... Why is that? Is it uh, heuristically? Uh, is, is it is it just grew like that, or is there any uh, any uh, market price or any other price which has an implication on the market price? Uh, I know that from different it, it, countries that you know sometimes you have like a cadastral price or any book price which is being used. Or what is it? I can't really speak to it. To, to be honest, I mean my my expertise is not in the uh, the purchasing. Yeah. Uh, market or, or the, the sales. Um, I, I can just say from what I know that I've seen and also the uh, the rents that we pay mm -hmm. uh, are very different depending on where you are. Got it. Um, so I think, it, it, you know, it like everything in real estate, it's location, location, location. Got it. Okay. 
yeah. let's move to to your business back um and also the dynamics of your business um okay. business travel you are focusing on business travel itself you are focused that's why you also focus on uh, on uh, exactly the center of it um Do you see when you talk to maybe other people who are doing more or less the same service but are focused on leisure, uh, do you see any huge difference on uh, on what is for you key in order to remain competitive and be, being even on top of the market while this might be not the case for leisure? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, probably about 15, occasionally 20% of our revenue does come from leisure, mm -hmm. uh, which we would get through you know, online travel agencies like Airbnb, Booking.com, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, it's not our core focus, though, because the the wear and tear on apartments is significantly higher. You've got people sure. coming and going. Yeah. Um, you don't know necessarily who your guest is, so you have a little bit of concern in that regard. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, not all the time people are who they say they are, whereas mm -hmm. when it's business travel, you know exactly who you're dealing with. You know, you know the client and you know that this is an employee of that company. They're going to treat that apartment like their home because at the end of the day, they're representing their company. Mm -hmm. um, so it's much safer. You also get much longer stays with business travel. So our average length of stay is between 30 to 45 nights. Mm -hmm. um, you have much less turnover, much less apartment wear and tear. Mm -hmm. uh, the consistency of the, the travelers, predictability of the business as well. Mm -hmm. So... You know the clients and you know their demand. You can forecast much more readily, uh, much more easily than you can leisure. Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole host of reasons, I think. Mm -hmm. The uh, the rates for business travel do tend to be a little bit lower than what you mm -hmm. might achieve in leisure. Mm -hmm. But because you have these longer stays, you don't have any void periods. Mm -hmm. And with leisure travel, if you count in all the void periods, you know you might be making as much as we are, maybe less. Mm -hmm. But you're also experiencing a lot more wear and tear, and you have a lot more operational responsibility mm -hmm. uh, on a daily basis that Makes we so just actually don't really have to worry about. So, you know, for 80 apartments that we currently have, we have 10 full-time members of staff, and that includes Jenny and I as director. Yeah. Um, coming to your differentiation, and um, also, I mean, I did some research before the interview, and I saw like you definitely belong like to the top top shared uh, service apartments in London um at least like top five what do you think is your is your secret sauce among the competitors that you're like su providing such an outstanding service towards your guests and your clients well, I, i think i think you nailed it i think it's the service mm -hmm. it's the quality of the apartments absolutely mm -hmm. uh, the location of the apartments i mean these things are fixed mm -hmm. um but Like I said earlier, I think it does come down to relationships. People in the, the business world, they like working with people they like. Mm -hmm. And you know, for us, the best way to ensure that people like us is to be consistent, high quality, um, and approachable, personable. Um, it, it's, it's things like this that are maybe a little bit more intangible mm -hmm. that, that have certainly helped us. Apart from that, you also saw your certification. There's now, uh, is there a certification for shared service apartments? How, how does that work? There, there are, there are. So this was an idea that originated in the States, actually, through uh, CHIPA, um, uh, Corporate Housing Providers Association, which was the first mm -hmm. um, real trade body representing companies such as ours in the service mm -hmm. department sector. Uh, so about 10 years ago, and I was at their first conference, actually, Uh, the ASAP, 
was founded. That's the Association of Service Department Providers, mm -hmm. which is basically the UK and EMEA's answer to CHIPA. Um, now there's a tie-in. Uh, both organizations are very closely aligned. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, uh, the ASAP came out with their accreditation program. This was a way for them to differentiate between serious professional operators mm -hmm. and, uh, for lack of a better word, fly-by-night operators that just pop up to capitalize on the Airbnb boom. Mm -hmm. so it, it's a lot different doing what we do professionally versus what you know, random individuals that are just renting a few flats to try and, you know, make make money on on what's popular at the moment. Um, so the accreditation program, you not only have to have a good quality product, your your finances have to be in order, your insurances have to be in place, um, and they actually come out and they visit um, most of your apartments. They meet the team, they see the office, uh, they go through all of your your paperwork and documentation, and then. Wow. If you if you pass through that, then you are accredited. And okay. not only is this a good way to, I guess, somewhat um, segment the market, but now we've seen a lot of corporate clients are recognizing this accreditation mm -hmm. as being uh, their litmus test, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you want to deal with X Y Z company, you will have to be accredited by the ASAP, or they won't even talk to you. Wow, it's not the case across the board just yet, yeah. but we are seeing uh, quite a significant uptake in that. Yeah, it's nice to have like kind of, I think like it's definitely needed such a regulation within the market because I've heard that there's a lot of black sheep in, within that segment in different yeah. in different cities, like, you know. Um, so um, seeing that there's a, apparently like a real audit going on, like, you know, they inspect your 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 listings and they really do the paperwork, they really do the, the audit on your paperwork and stuff so that yeah. you are like also, they are making sure that you are like a credible partner and that you're not like running away with some, I don't know, like prepayment money or what, what, what yeah. have you. Um, now coming a little bit to, let's say, the COVID-19. Um, I'm curious about the impact um, on the entire market in London and also how you're dealing with it. And give us like a, maybe an, like direct, uh, direct um, insights from, from your perspective. Yeah. Um, well, this is awful, <laughs> mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. I mean, it, uh, it really hit in, in March. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we had a slow winter, which is typical. You know, things kind of slowed down around Christmas, New Year's. We were picking back up in February. Um, and when we opened March, like from March 1st, we already had about 60% occupancy in March. Mm -hmm. So to start the month at 60%, fantastic place to be. Mm -hmm. The first week or so, we paid all of our rents. Looking forward to making that money back, you know, and then kicking forward into the high season. Mm -hmm. Within about two weeks, though, our occupancy dropped to around 20%. Mm -hmm. And we had to pay out all those cancellations and everything. And all of a sudden, our backs were on the ropes. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the worst thing I've ever had to deal with professionally, easily. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, all of my landlords uh, understood the situation. Mm -hmm. They were all very, very accommodating, willing to work with us. Mm -hmm. um, and I managed to negotiate, if not a rent holiday, uh, a, a, at least a rent deferral mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, that is now coming to an end. We are going to start ideally picking up business uh, now moving forward so that we can start paying again in July. Mm -hmm. However, that, I mean, that was the idea. 
Um, however, now the UK has instigated a uh, mandatory 14-day quarantine for anyone arriving uh, in the country. Mm -hmm. So I'm now back to the drawing board with all of my landlords. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had some very, very productive conversations today already. Mm -hmm. uh, again, everybody recognizes the situation that we're all in, and luckily everybody has been willing to you know, work out a plan with us that mm -hmm. we can both come out of this hole. Um, fully recognizing the fact that I sincerely doubt business is going to return to normal for at least the next 10 or 12 months. Wow. Um, 2020 generally is, it's a total write-off mm -hmm. um, and everybody's feeling it. Do you, do you expect the market uh, clearance uh, competitors? I mean, we're obviously like knock on wood, I hope that uh, no one will, but um, I mean... You, you describe a situation like that, uh, there might be some some players uh, definitely leaving the market. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, I'm, I'm sure that there will be. I, I touch wood, I hope we're not one of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, we've already seen some some exits, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, I, I have no doubt there, there may be more to come. It's, it's difficult for SMEs, uh, you know, small, medium-sized enterprises such as ours to weather the storm because we don't have necessarily a uh, significant amount of cash reserves or anything like that that, sure. that bigger players might have or you know maybe they have a network of not a network but rather an investment fund behind them that can help them weather the storm yeah. we don't have anything like that uh, Jenny and I are both 50% shareholders of the company yeah. so everything is is up to us okay let's uh, now move on to to the brighter side and to the future um why don't you share with us some uh, some of your listings and uh, so that also uh, the people listening to uh, to um, to us right now and also watching maybe on YouTube they can have an idea of um, some of your listings which which you're offering right now I'm looking at the short view apartments why don't you um, give us an overview of of this listing and uh, yeah um, explain a little bit about this uh, this um, amazing apartment right now yeah, absolutely so Uh, the Shard View Apartments uh, were the second block that we ever took on. Mm -hmm. um, we've been there for a number of years. It's a fantastic, pardon me. It's a fantastic location. Mm -hmm. It's right at in the heart of Monument, which is on the north end of London Bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason that we call it Shard View Apartments is every single apartment has a view across the Thames of the Shard. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very modern, lift access to all floors, but it was uh, it was developed from a, a very old library, what was a very old library. So the mm -hmm. uh, the external facade is gorgeous, red brick, mm -hmm. um, right opposite Old Billingsgate Market, mm -hmm. um, and walking distance to the area's best bars, pubs, restaurants, shopping, uh, and a lot of financial institutions as well. So it's a, it's a great location for both business and leisure, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. You have another one, the Luxury Oxford Circus Service Apartments. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are great. So uh, Oxford Circus was the most recent block that we took, actually. Uh, it's about a 10-minute walk from Oxford Circus, right in the heart of Fitzrovia, kind of Soho area. Um, and this block was, uh, again, totally redeveloped mm -hmm. to a very, very high standard. So we're talking marble bathrooms, um, double glazed soundproof windows, granite countertops, everything uh, very, very modern. It's tucked away uh, off 
the the hustle and bustle of of that area, which mm -hmm. can be very busy and noisy typically with buses and people. Uh, it's actually around and then down a close. So it's a very quiet area, very private, um, and very high spec. Uh, you know, the two-bedroom apartments are about 85 square meters. Um, one of the three beds is even a duplex. Uh, it's a fantastic block. It's a beautiful apartments. Regent's Park, Regent's Park, quite close as well. As well, as, well, is, yeah. as, as much as Hyde Park is not that 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 far either. So uh, very, I mean, very, yeah, very near to everything you'd, you'd want to be in if you were staying in London. Yeah. London Victoria Apartments. Uh, give yeah. us an overview of that of that one. That's another great block. Um, I'm gonna sound like a broken record at some point. <laughs> um, but no, we, we've uh, operated out of that block for a number of years. I have a very good relationship with the landlord. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a lovely chap. Um, and uh, yeah, those those apartments with agreement from the landlord, we, we renovated uh, about two years ago to, mm -hmm. to really spruce them up. Uh, again, older listed buildings, so there's, there's nothing you can do with the outside. Mm -hmm. But the inside of the units, we totally revamped. So mm -hmm. modern kitchens, modern bathrooms, uh, totally redid the flooring with really nice Antico flooring. Mm -hmm. um, and and its, its location cannot be beat. It's about a two-minute walk to Hyde Park mm -hmm. and right behind Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. And Victoria Station is about a, a minute, two-minute walk away as well, which mm -hmm. is, a, is one of the key stations of London. It's served mm -hmm. by numerous underground lines. Tons of buses and uh, and um, it's a mainline train station as well. Mm -hmm. if, if you want to get out of the city, go to Brighton, anything like that. It's all from Victoria. Awesome. And then the last one, uh, Portobello Market. Yeah, this one is a very niche product. Uh, so we've had this one for about a year and a half. Um, it's uh, again older block, but beautiful modern apartments, mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting mix of actual one bedroom apartments. And then it has a mezzanine level. It, it sounds bad to say studio because it's more than a studio, but mm -hmm. it's less than one bed. Mm -hmm. uh, but those those mezzanine level apartments there, about 40 square meters, mm -hmm. so really good size. You have a proper sitting area, living room, kitchen with a dining area, uh, and then you have your your sleeping porch above. So it's really good for you know you're here for like two weeks or a month. Fantastic. I mean, I'm just looking at this one with uh, what you just said, with the stairs up, down the kitchen, very bright, and then up there you 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 um, you have the bedroom, or kind of like it's it's amazing. It's uh, yeah, the wooden they're, floor. They're, they're really well styled as well. Location wise, where where is that located? So that's uh, near Ladbroke Grove Station, mm -hmm. is uh, ideally situated for anyone that works in Paddington or Ham or uh, or Hammersmith. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of industry around there, but Ladbert Grove is one street away from the famous Portobello Road Market mm -hmm. in the heart of Notting Hill. So okay. this is where you have all those beautiful colored houses, colored doors. You have the famous Portobello Road Market. Um, it's a real vibrant, absolutely lovely area. Yeah. It's, it's great. I also have to say, I'm looking at the prices. You say it's a one bedroom. It's one forty-five. Uh, I can even stay there, like for um, up to two. How much would that be? The if 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 it's not like one person but two person. Oh no! Don't differentiate between number of guests. I don't even. So I get um, this one for one forty-five. Yeah. Um. One fifty-four. Sorry. No. One forty-five. Sorry. Uh. Which I think is like. Com a comparable price to a hotel room which i get like somewhere in london uh, easily like i pay that easily in uh, somewhere in london city no oh yeah absolutely i mean the the 
the best thing about service departments is really uh, that, is that you get to experience this home from home. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper than a hotel uh, when you count in the space and the livability. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing savings, mm -hmm. and it's an incredible deal because you can really move in and live there. You know, you can cook at home, relax on the sofa and watch TV. Uh, you're in a, a residential area. It makes you feel like you're a part of the city. Totally. Whereas when you stay in a hotel, you always feel a little bit disconnected. You always feel always like you're a guest. Whereas when you stay in a service department, you really do feel like a, like a resident, like you live there. That's and also you have to account for the food you actually, in fact, like cannot cook at a, in a hotel room. So you know, yeah. like I don't know, do groceries versus versus uh, versus go to a restaurant or I don't know, like eat some some hotel fries is to, is a totally totally different uh, different style. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So that's that's really the the selling point. You know, if uh, you know if if you go, if you go to a city for one or two nights, a hotel is so easy, mm -hmm. right? It's it, you, you can check in anytime concierge take you to your room you got a place to sleep you're in and out sure but if you stay somewhere for a week or more a hotel room can get quite claustrophobic yeah. uh very quickly and and you always feel like a guest you you don't feel like you're you're settled yeah that's what apartments provide and that and that's what we provide now uh when it comes to check-in and things like that we we have 24-hour self-check-in as well so all of our apartments are keypad entry uh oh, we have unique access ah, code okay. Or, yeah. So you you then give the key in advance, and then you, I, I I don't need you. Like you you just uh, it, it's it's quite easy to it's digitalized. Yeah, yeah. So. All, yeah. All of our apartments have keypad entry to the main doors, so yeah. you enter uh, using a unique access code, and then all of the apartment doors have uh, a smart lock by Resort Lock, which is a Wi-Fi enabled keypad locking system, where we can actually generate unique access codes for every single guest that starts at, say, 3 p.m. on the date of arrival, and it ends at 11 a.m. on their date of departure. And it will be a unique code just for them. And that's how they get in and out of their apartment. That's an, it's another keypad, yeah, that which you yeah. have on door. Okay, interesting. On, well, on I didn't know that. Door. Yeah, so we, we don't actually use physical keys anymore. Okay. Um, apart from that, we haven't even touched upon, like, your entire service offerings. Um, what what is it you're taking care of? What is it what a guest can expect when they book with you? Well, what they can expect is a seamless experience, mm -hmm. uh, friendly staff willing to help. Mm -hmm. um, no, no task is too large. No task is too small. Mm -hmm. uh, they will get a very, very high quality product. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, we actually have many, many little extras. So Urban Stay is one of the few service department brands that is 100% pet friendly. So we accept cats and dogs and everything in between. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do bring a cat or a dog, we have a whole welcome pack actually that we provide free of charge. That's nice. Uh, water dish, food dish, a toy. Um, Jenny actually even spent a lot of time making a very, very unique pet welcome guide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in addition to the welcome guide that we have in all of our apartments that has emergency information, local area information, how-to guides, things like that. Mm -hmm. We have a separate pet welcome guide that has all the information that you would need about vets, local parks, rules about having pets in restaurants or public transport. Now, if you have a question, the answer is in that guide. It's, it's very thorough and, uh, and very unique to, awesome. uh, to what we offer to our guests that come with pets. Um, we also you know, will provide a, a baby cot if you have a baby. 
Um, it, it is a chargeable extra, but if you do that, then we also have a complimentary baby bib uh, mm -hmm. that we provide. Um, you know, we try and do little things like this that make it a very special yeah. uh, and, and unique experience for all of our guests. That's so great. Do you also, uh, random question, I don't know, do you also do cleaning? Um, if, if I yeah. stay like three weeks or something like that, do you, do you, I don't know, like, is anything included? Yeah, absolutely. So not only are all of the bills included, which also includes uh, high-speed um, broadband internet. Yeah. We have that in all of our apartments. You know, what you pay in your nightly rate, you don't pay anything else uh -huh. uh, other than that. Yeah. Now, for anyone staying longer than a week to 10 days, we will provide a once-weekly cleaning. Okay, nice. Which will include a total apartment clean, but mm -hmm. basically refreshing it back to the level it was before you checked in, mm -hmm. uh, as well as bed linen and bath towel replacement. Wow. And that is included in the price. Yeah. Fantastic. I also saw on your website that you are um, um, affiliated or partnering with other service companies. Um, we, we are, yeah. So we have a few different chargeable extras that we can provide. Um, there's a company called Ammo Chef that if you are so inclined, you can actually uh, hire a chef to come to your apartment nice. and cook for you. Uh -huh. We've got delivery services that we work with. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that we are talking as well to a concierge service that will uh, book theater tickets, uh, taxis, things like this. So where we don't have a concierge in any of our buildings, we try and make up for it by having all of these options available at, at, at the touch of a button. That's great. That's, that sounds, I, I already know, like once I travel to London, I know where, where I will still stay. Oh, you're always welcome. <laughs> Perfect. Um, some final thoughts and maybe also um, advices and advice for other real estate professionals, other people in the segment, maybe investors, maybe potential uh, travelers to, to London. What are your um, two cents which, which you'd like to share with the audience? Well, um, I would say it's a great place to get started. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to be a service department operator or if you're looking to invest into the sector, this is a, it's not only a globally growing market, mm -hmm. but in UK and London specifically, it is growing through leaps and bounds. Um, there's a, a company now, Service Department News, that mm -hmm. is, is it, it's global uh, with, they do have a very London focus as well, which is, is very nice. I know Piers Brown very well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's constantly having these, these breakfast meetings and, and various luncheons where you, you just hear about the exciting things happening in the sector. And it seems like every day there's, there's something else going on. There's a new apart hotel, there's a new operator or a new, or an operator that you already know that's taken on a new block. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason for that is the demand <laughs> in a good year, uh, is not abating. The, uh, the demand is just increasing year on year. I think, Uh, corporate clients are becoming more and more comfortable mm -hmm. with service departments, especially with accreditation, lending them a little bit of uh, credibility that they may not have had before. Yeah. But also on the leisure side, uh, Airbnb, to be honest, has done wonders for our sector just by raising awareness mm -hmm. with travelers that otherwise might not have even considered an apartment before. Yeah. So this industry is absolutely uh, on the up and up. Um, once we get through this, terrible coronavirus uh, situation, I think it's it's going to grow by leaps and bounds, even more so than it has already. Awesome. Um, how can people contact you if they want to reach out uh, to you? Do you have an email? Um, sh share with us uh, all your contact details. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I would be more than happy for anyone to contact me directly. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is james at urban-stay.co.uk. Um, and if you had any questions about our company or wanted to see any of these apartments or any of the other apartments that we offer through our preferred network uh, of suppliers, mm -hmm. because we are now branching into a little bit of agency business as well, uh, you can visit our website and see our full product offering which is uh, www.urban-stay.co.uk. Perfect. I'll put all that um, information to the show notes uh, so that people can directly reach out to you. Um, yeah. James, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you taught me so many things about uh, London, about uh, shared service apartments, um, about the dynamics of the real estate market in London, about uh, the neighborhoods, the, also the importance of um, you know living in a good neighborhood in, in London when you're a business traveler, uh, not to be too much outside, but also you also showed us the interesting listings, um, especially the um, particularity of this of this value proposition to say like, I rather prefer to, to stay in one of your, your listings than in a hotel once I stay like a little bit longer. And uh -huh. in the end, I totally uh, feel how much of an expert you are of your of your market you're not only like an expert with all your relationships in urban stay uh, and also in london but also like a real estate investment expert so i, I really appreciate your time and all the, also all the information you have been sharing with us um, yeah it's been a, been a pleasure thank you michael it's been an absolute pleasure for me as well i really appreciate your time Thank you, James. Uh, I wish you well. I send um, a lot of uh, um, a lot of energy to London, and let's hope that the coronavirus is gonna go away as as, as fast as possible, so that uh, you can go back to basic. Yeah, just want to get back to business. <laughs> back to business. That's the word. Exactly. Yeah, James. Have a good one. Have a good evening, and thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. bye.